0: service this morning. My name is Pastor Lisa. We are here in beautiful sunny South Florida and we want to welcome you to sing. So if you'll stand and sing with us as we praise our Lord.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In other words, God is good. And all the time, God is good. I just love him with all my heart. I'd like to just say a word of prayer here before we begin. Father God, we thank you for a wonderful day. We thank you, God, for who you are. We just bless you, God, because you are worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, Lord God, you are worthy to be praised. And so for that, we give you thanks this morning, Lord. We pray, God, as we sing praises to you. Lord, it will come straight from our hearts, Lord, and it will go straight into your ears, and it will sound good to you, Lord. Bless us now, we pray, and that everything that happens here today happens just for your glory only. We pray in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen, amen and amen.
0: Your purpose for me.
2: seated. I am Pastor Peyton and I come to you this morning for a time of prayer together. So if you would bow your heads. Take a moment just to breathe in his presence and just to calm ourselves in this day and center ourselves for a time of worship. Loving God, you are our creator and our sustainer. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing, and so we look to you whenever we are in need, trusting in your love and your abundant goodness. As you once fed the hungry crowds with five loaves and two small fish, we ask that you would again fill those who are empty on this day. Pour out your Spirit, O Lord, to all who hunger and thirst. We pray for those who are physically hungry, whose stomachs are empty, and we think of those people who are facing critical food shortages and rations, those who are suffering the effects of malnutrition, starvation, or just the worry of where their next meal may come from. Lord, in your mercy, open your hand and pour out your spirit so that they may be filled. Father God, we pray for those who are emotionally empty, who are lonely and long for companionship and love, and who are caught in the grip of depression and anxiety or overwhelmed with grief. So much is happening in our world right now. Father, we ask that you, in your mercy, would open your hand, pour out your spirit so that they may be filled. We pray for those who are spiritually empty, who are troubled, but don't know where to turn, who long for purpose and meaning, but don't know where to look, who need you, but they may not know that they need you yet. Father God, in your mercy, open your hand, pour out your spirit so that they may be filled. God, we praise you for your abundant gifts in our lives and the spirit that you pour out on us and fill us with your compassion and love so that we would willingly share some of our abundance with those who have need. Lord, in your mercy, open your hand, pour out your spirit so that we may be filled. Father God, we lift up our community, the community of Surfside, our Cuban community here and in Cuba the athletes that are competing in Tokyo and the Olympic games, our families and each of the prayers that are on our hearts today, those who may be sick, those who may be fighting COVID, who may be fighting depression or any other disease, those who are exhausted, those who come to kneel at your feet today, Lord, in your mercy, open your hand, pour out your spirit so that we all may be filled. We pray in the name of Jesus, who came so that all of humanity might come to know the abundant life that comes from you. Hear us as we pray together, O Lord, the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy thy name. Thy thy kingdom come, come, thy thy will will be done, done on earth as as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. trespasses the summer we celebrate some missions that we we have lots of missions in the church here at New Horizon but we celebrate ten missions and on these ten missions we do this thing called ten for ten meaning if you have a spare ten bucks or you can skip a cup of coffee from a professional establishment over a week's time that maybe that ten dollars could go for our mission of the week and this week we are going to be um, collecting our ten for ten for One of our churches in Cuba, we have two, and we support both churches. And so we have given both churches a week this summer. And this week's 10 for 10 goes for our church on the solid rock. And you see some pictures from a mission that has been done there in Cuba. Pastor Lisa, Pastor Rafe, and I have had a chance to go to Cuba and visit our churches. So in Cuba, the, the church is in the pastor's home. I got to tell you, that would cause me great stress. Um, that would mean that my house would need to be open and presentable for all people at all time because there is nothing that is sacred in this house. The bathroom is the shared bathroom for everybody, including the church. And the kitchen is the shared kitchen. And there's always a meal when you gather and worship in Cuba. And so it is really important that we support these pastors because they really have nothing and they are doing the church the way john wesley showed us to do the church they are riding from house to house they are starting home churches sometimes we put families on a bicycle and one of our pastors in cuba had actually outfitted his bike to be able to get all four children and his wife on the same bicycle and pedal them to the different locations in which he was preaching on sunday morning Um, but this is great work and the other thing is We are in such prayer these days with our brothers and sisters in Cuba as we watch what is happening and unfolding and just praying that God would enter into this country and keep all safe and provide what is needed for our friends in Cuba. And so as we think about today, this is one way we can make a contribution to support the the community in Cuba, as well as our churches in Cuba. So our 10 to 10 today, for 10 today, will go for our church in Cuba. So thank you so very much,
0: and let's keep worshiping. Good morning again. Yeah, so the the churches in Cuba really are just incredible. Um, As Peyton said to just have your house be open 24 seven to everybody in the community who needs prayer and who needs worship. We don't really do that well here, do we? We live kind of behind gates and behind um, barricades to keep people out And there. They're just so welcoming and so wonderful. And, and even though they have very little, for them it's more than enough. They, they're willing to share God's abundance, whatever that looks like. So if you can support that, that'd be wonderful. Our scripture this morning is John six, one through 21 and I'm reading from the Common English Bible version. After this, Jesus went across the Galilee Sea, that is the Tiberius Sea. A large crowd followed him because they had seen the miraculous signs he had done among the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and he sat there with his disciples. It was nearly time for the Passover, the Jewish festival. Jesus looked up and saw the large crowd coming toward him and he asked Philip, Where will we buy food to feed these people? Jesus said this to test him, for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, more than a half year's salary worth of food wouldn't be enough for each person to have even a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, a youth here has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that for a crowd like this? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass there. They sat down about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he distributed it to those who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish, each getting as much as they wanted. When they had plenty to eat, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that had been left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw what he had done, such a miraculous sign, they said, this is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. Jesus understood that they were about to come and force him to be their king, so he took refuge again alone on a mountain. When evening came, Jesus' disciples went down to the lake. They got into a boat, and they were crossing the lake to Capernaum. It was already getting dark, and Jesus hadn't come to them yet. The water was getting rough because a strong wind was blowing. When the wind had driven them out for about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the water. He was approaching the boat, and they were afraid. He said to them, I am don't be afraid then they wanted to take him into the boat and just then the boat reached the land where they had been heading father god help us to see this familiar story in a different way this morning help us to see where it applies to us lord where where we should celebrate your abundance and where we should realize that we are more than enough Help us to see that Jesus is more than just a teacher or a prophet. That he brings so much more into our lives. Amen? So this is the only miracle. I know you're going to check me on this. It's the only miracle that appears in all four Gospels. So you know that it's probably important to them. They're each slightly different versions. And sometimes that... Um, kind of makes people anxious. When you read, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and they're slightly different and then you get to John and he has kind of a different view. You know, you can get kind of bogged down in that. Okay, so which one's the right one? Which is the right version? And really it's about perspective. Um, I don't know if you've seen that picture of, you know, one man standing across from another man and there's a big number between them. And so for this guy, it looks like a six. And for that guy, it looks like a nine. But they're both correct, right? They're not really wrong. They just have a different perspective. So if, if like, Ann and I go out, and she's like, oh, no, not me again. <laughs> if Ann and I go out with a friend, and we're just talking to her about her upcoming surgery and maybe her fears, you might ask me after, so how did that lunch go with Joan? And I might say, you know, it was lovely. I had, I had my iced tea. I love their iced tea. And um, she talked about how afraid she was and how anxious. And so I kind of gave her some Bible verses to maybe help with that fear. And if you ask Anne, Anne might say, you know, it was really great. I had a cup of coffee, it was so hot, it was wonderful. And you know, our friend really talked about modern medicine and how much has happened in modern medicine and that 20 years ago she wouldn't have been able to have this surgery to fix her issue. Neither story is wrong. It's not the whole story, right? But it's from each of our perspectives about what happened that day. And that's what happens in the Gospels. Each author has a little bit of a different um, bent to them. You know, They each want to kind of explain their own version. And so John highlights kind of different things than the other Gospels do and maybe leaves out things that they add in. But none of this should bog you down the truth in the story is still the truth in the story. right? God's abundance is still God's abundance. So note that in, in John's writing, Jesus actually distributes the bread, right? We've heard other versions where he gives it to the disciples and they distribute the bread. Um, I think John just really wants to make it obvious that connection that Jesus has to God. So it's the, it's the giving thanks that makes the miracle possible. It's that lifting up of the bread. And notice in John, Jesus doesn't break the bread. And in the other gospels, he does, right? So just subtle differences. So the people have followed Jesus in this story. They're, they're following him, their hands are out, you know, feed me, um, heal me, fix me, feed me, take care of my physical needs. And how often do we go to God with just that? But there's more to be had. There's more than just our physical needs. And Jesus is more than they understand. Even after feeding, they acknowledge that he's a prophet. They understand that. But they still want to force him to be their king. They, they want that earthly understanding of we're gonna be liberated from our oppressors. You're gonna, you're gonna take care of us and now we're gonna have power over our enemies. They don't see that Jesus is the ruler, but the ruler of end times, the ruler of the kingdom. He's a different kind of ruler. They still misunderstand. And then John shows us the depth of Jesus's compassion as he comforts his disciples. Here they are, they're exhausted. You know, they've had days of people touching them all the time and fix this, do this, be be this for me. And so they're in the boat and they're scared. And he simply tells them, I am, I am, I am everything. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. He tells them, I am. He's there for them at the moment when they need him most, not just physically to be fed as he's here for us. He meets more than just our physical needs but the crowd follows without seeing the bigger picture. Um, They want more. My my granddaughter is 16 months old and her favorite two signs are more and food. She's got those nailed down, right? And don't we all kind of do, I want more, feed me. They're just eager to have their physical needs met. And Jesus is not just there to feed their bellies. He's not just there to fix the physical ailments. He's feeding and caring for the the whole creation, spiritually, emotionally, physically. His desire is to give us nothing less than the bread of life. It's a permanent change. It's not a temporary filling of our bellies. You know, I don't know about you, but especially with Chinese food, I can eat it an hour later, I want more of it, right? You know, it's not permanent, it's just temporary. And chocolate, man, I can eat chocolate all day long and never feel like I'm full because it's so good. I want more. (laughs) The feeding of the 5,000 shows the abundance of God's care for us, the more than enoughness. Jesus doesn't just give them a a crust of bread and a sip of water, just a tiny bit to sustain them. He feeds them to overflowing with plenty left over. Notice some of the characters. So notice Philip. Philip. I, I often react like Philip does, you know. You'll tell me there's a need, and I'll say, "But, you know, more than a half a year's salary worth of food won't be enough for each person to even have a little bit." And Andrew, you know, well, a youth over there has has some bread and some fish, but what good is that for a crowd like this? We we get wrapped up in the scarcity mentality, you know. I don't have enough resources, and we get intimidated by how much need there is out there, that enormity of the need. They make the same mistake that many of us do and so many churches make today. So what can I do? You know, there's so much fill in the blank in the world. How can my little bit help? What does my little bit do? You know, is my little bit enough? Or has a church, any of you have served with a church council have heard the, we don't have the budget, we don't have the staff, We don't have the equipment. We don't have the time. We don't have the energy. We don't have the whatever to fix it all. When we look at the world around us, we see a world that needs to be fed, not only spiritually, not only physically, but spiritually. And we immediately start to go to those logistics, that check box mentality. We worry about our assets. What can a meager offering of bread and fish do to feed the world. Jesus calls us to look beyond that, to look beyond the logistical problems. You know, he's not into addition, he's into multiplication. He lifts up the bread and gives thanks and suddenly there's plenty to go around. The hungry crowds, those who are hungry for their next meal, hungry for God, hungry for grace, hungry for understanding, hungry for a chance to change their lives, they're always here. Jesus says, the poor you will always have with you. Jesus says to us as he says to his disciples, you give them something to eat. And he doesn't say it as um as an admonishment or a punishment or even a challenge. He says it as an invitation. He gives us the opportunity to join in where he's already at work. We're offered the chance to quite literally be his hands and feet. God doesn't want his creation to go hungry. God doesn't want his creation to lack anything they really need, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. But God also wants others, those crowds of hungry people, to be fed by us and by other people of faith. And some of that, the feeding of hungry people will come from our generous giving. And some will come from our being just better stewards of what we have. God promises to do the feeding. We just provide the resources and he'll take care of the multiplying. If we're following Jesus, God helps us to see people's conditions. He helps us to know where they're at. We suffer with them. We feel for them. We see when they're in need. We have a reaction to those conditions. We have compassion, as Jesus does for them. So when we feel the pain of a child that has no food at home for the weekend, We act with compassion to make sure that we can do what we can do to prevent that from happening again. They might get a bag of goodies to take home every weekend. If we know children need safe spaces when their families are not healthy and whole, we arrange a fundraiser to support a children's home. When we hear of a friend confined by illness, either at home or at a hospital, we, we make a, a choice to run errands for them or to perhaps feed their family, right? To go visit, to go do what we can do. When we know that, that our friends in Kentucky will be cold without the proper clothing, we send them scarves and mittens. When we know there's a demand for blood to help cure people, to help save lives that might otherwise not be saved, we even donate our own blood. When there's an elderly widow living alone who can't provide her meals any longer, we bring healthy meals once a week. When we hear of a family who has no way to sustain even their basic needs, we donate a flock of chickens so they can have food and a resource for income. Any of these missions sound familiar to you? If you look around, there's a story of compassion behind every mission in this church. We are people who act as Christ's followers to meet the needs in our community. We're, we're using what others might think of as meager resources, but put together, they make a huge impact. You remember that story about stone soup, right? They're all starving, but if everyone brings a little something and puts it in the pot, there's enough for everybody to have a meal. This is how we follow Christ's example in today's passage, just by being moved by compassion to try to make a difference, however meager that looks like to us. When Jesus did this, the crowds flocked to him. And well, I don't know about you, I'm no Jesus, but, but I can develop the compassion Jesus had. I can work on that. I can choose to see suffering and not ignore it. I can, I can look for my empathy and we can react with care and sacrifice and love. And we're not gonna solve all the problems of the world by ourselves. It's not a single-handed mission. That's why there's so many of us. We feel compassion for different things. God calls us each to our own responses. And we've told you that before with the 10 for 10 that we highlight, we don't expect you to do everything. But there's gonna be an opportunity for you to do something. And your little bit is gonna make a difference because it it gets combined with everybody else's little bits. We're called to do something. So what are your something going to be? What's that going to look like? And one of the, the blessings, so people mention the blessings that we've had through this COVID era, as Rafe always calls it, the COVID experience. Um, it's rather than kind of scratching our heads and just throwing our hands up and surrender. Um, when we were faced with the growing need of hunger of those around, us, we accepted Jesus's invitation to, to instead take inventory um, what do we have to offer? More than we thought. If Jesus can feed 5,000 people with just bread and fish, then multiplying us and our resources to feed our whole community is no problem for him. And we watch it happen every week. Oh my gosh, ask Pastor Peyton. She can say story after story after story of we had a need, somebody called and said they need this, we prayed for it, and it turns up. And it happens over and over and over again in this church. Every time there was a need from feeding school kids to feeding families to fresh produce to supplying summer reading. We have boxes and boxes of books for kids for summer reading that have been donated. We have um, gift cards given in response to surfside. Thousands of dollars helped those families to get what their immediate needs were satisfied. Um, in fact I I was sitting at the table in Surfside and a friend of mine called and she's another denomination and And I said, oh, I'm at the Family Assistance Center in Surfside. And she says, yeah, leave it to you Methodists to have boots on the ground already. I'll take that. Like how cool is that? That that's our reputation as a Christ community that people expect us to be there immediately to help respond to crises. You guys are awesome. I'll take that every day, right? I could go on and on. Every time there's ever been a need in this church, in this community, we band together with what seems to be meager resources only to discover that that cup overflows. God uses it to respond abundantly. The feeding of 5,000 and Jesus walking on water, they're both quality miracles. They show us the abundance of God's care for us, the more than enough the desire of God to give us the bread of life and the promise that Jesus will be with us in those darkest and scariest moments of our life. He'll tell us, I am. So how do we react? What do we do today? How do we show the world that Jesus is the bread of life? Because words aren't gonna do it. You know, my standing up here talking to you is not gonna change anybody's mind. But when they see you out in the community acting like Jesus' is hands and feet, guess what? You've changed a mind. You've changed a heart. You've changed a life. So, what can you do today? What can you do tomorrow? Amen? Lord God, we give you thanks for all of your gifts to us for daily food, for health for every breath we take for freedom to choose and for the gifts of your word, your power, and your love. Our hearts are truly overwhelmed when we consider how you've entrusted so much to us. May we be worthy of that trust. May we be a people who are unafraid to live as fully and as richly as you want us to live. Help us, O God as followers of Jesus to multiply all that you have given us to risk spreading your word to gamble by loving those whom others think worthy of only hate to take chances by doing good to those who have not done good to us help us to be faith filled and help us to desire to increase your glory and your goodness in this world make us people who share in both word and deed that which you have given us amen and one of the ways that we respond to god's word is we give our resources we give our time we give our funds we give our stuff whatever that might look like so you do have an opportunity to give online or in person give as your heart leads you to give not out of guilt not out of pressure but because god invites you to be part of his kingdom glory amen
1: Would you stand with us as we sing about the goodness of God? How many of you know that God is a great God? Are you whispering back to me? Okay, so here we go again one more time. How many of you know that God is a great God? A God that shows up when you need him. Is that amen? Amen. He's a God that's always on time. I've proved that over and over. And we want to sing about the God that is almighty and is good. Amen? Amen?
0: Addiction, please take this with you. Wherever God takes you, go. Whichever the task, do it. Wherever the challenge, accept it. Whenever the call, answer it. Whichever the lesson, learn it. However dark the path, follow it. Because wherever God takes you, it's worth it. Amen.